The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, along with my co-host, Keith Compagna, and our sponsors, Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. Keith, we got a great show ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, how fitting that this show marks our 12th, a full dozen shows and podcasts under our belt, uh, just 12 days away from 2019. Yeah, pretty, pretty Somebody coincidental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been up all night trying to think of that <laughs> intro. Uh, it's also our last show for 2018. Yep. Uh, we figured yep. we're going to take a break over uh, Christmas and day after New Year's. Everybody will be getting booted up again. So we will be back on January 9th yep. uh, with a really, really good show. We got Kevin Grossman. Um, going to be talking about candidate experience, the Candy Awards. Yep. Uh, yep. So yeah, we've That's been trying to the year we, off. We've been trying to get Kevin for quite a while. But I've been waiting for our guest today, um, Danny Inney. Uh, Danny contacted me maybe a few weeks ago. Yeah. I think as soon as I got it, I shared that with you. Uh, offered me a copy of his new book, Leverage Learning. I get I, I must have had three of these today, and most a lot of them I turned down just because I know I'll never get to them. But um, I didn't make it about halfway through his email. Uh, there was a press release with it until I replied yes and sent him an invitation to be on the show. Right. Um, everything from the title down, it, it just resonated. Um, we're going to take some time, hopefully, with, with you right at the end. Uh, we'll do a recap of 2018. Hopefully, Danny will help us uh, kick that off. But more importantly, looking at a couple things that are going ahead in 2019. Uh, but before we get there and before we formally introduce Danny, uh, let's talk about some current events, what's going on. Um, I know, you know, we would talk each week. It's the end of the quarter. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, wrapping up. You just got out another meeting. Anything new and exciting? Um, no, only that there's there's a lot of positive growth going on. There's a, you know, there's, uh, I, I always compare the, the pace of technology compared to the, the pace of human technology. Yeah, right? well, you know, Deloitte had that neat curve, which we can't show here. I, I should yeah. probably put that up on but, the website. Um, you, know, you know, that shows the, the technologies kind of moving straight up right. and then then you got business which is trying to adapt and right. then you got individuals which are slower than that and then you got policy which right. is the government, government which is like right. flatline we have a like elon musk says we have a bandwidth problem yeah absolutely and, so uh, anyway and, and and so i just look at the way that recruiting really and talent acquisition is at the core of every company in terms of people and and you see this convergence of really aggressive technology growth Mm-hmm. With this very fascinating topic right now, as it relates to all things talent, you know, marketplace supply and demand, and all the other cultural elements yeah, of running absolutely. a business. Absolutely. Yeah, I was on a call yesterday, and and they they you know obviously the core part of my business is pre-employment testing, leadership testing, and this company was was trying to integrate with yeah. um, another platform. We won't mention their name; they're not one of our sponsors. <laughs> uh, but they were trying to uh, integrate with another platform, and they're all over the place because. All we, we had to ask them is, what's their workflow? Right. You know, 
um, and which tests do they want to use and when? Mm-hmm. And they couldn't answer that. Well, and this is like six months into it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just it's it's pretty. There's crazy a lot there. of there's a lot of business in there that's going on right there. Uh, it's a very organically growing industry yeah. right yeah, now. Absolutely. And I think what what I certainly experience in my daily routine with Jobvite and, and working with a, a lot of good companies is that there are different levels of different like players in the market. And, you know, I I don't want to say you get what you pay for because I think that there are value players out there. Um, But I'm recognizing that you have to be careful out there. You have to know what you're getting into. Yeah. Trust who you can trust. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Just a a little bit of housekeeping here and a couple things going on with me. Um, Other than being busy, I've been updating the website, things I neglected for the last three months because I've been (laughs) on, you know, speaking around the country. Um, But one thing that just came out yesterday, which relates to what we're talking about today and and beyond, um, I recorded um, probably about a month ago, maybe six weeks ago, I recorded a podcast. Uh, I was the guest on that one. Uh, for HR Daily Advisor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're part of BLR. A lot mm-hmm. of people know who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do some good stuff. I was number 73 on their podcasts. Oh. Uh, and uh, the title was, What Will HR Look Like in 2025? And it was a it was a real good and it was a good it was a good discussion. It was, I believe it was it. yeah, I've had a lot of these and um, so it was really timely today. Um, I also um, and I don't know if you saw this on LinkedIn, yeah. uh, but I was doing these mini podcasts. Yeah. Um, they're two minutes. Uh, like so it. people need to watch for them. I'm sure that could fit in years. I'll show oh, yeah. we went after the show today, I'll show you how to use it. Uh, but it's a new app called Look Wide, L-O-O-K-W-I-D-E. Uh, Danny might be interested in this as well. Um, it's really, really easy to record. Uh, it's a little no another kidding. kind of social network. You download the app on your phone. You can, and then uh, I put the I post the link because not everybody has the app, but I posted up to LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I've had a, a nice response so far, but nice. hopefully we'll build that. But Sweet. We'll, we'll be doing summaries of this. And uh, Keith, you got a couple young guys at home. Yeah, two boys, uh, ten and you twelve. Know, the the the, sole, the single father. Mm-hmm. Um, have they have have they found any career aspirations yet? You know, uh, you know uh, it's I'm so glad you asked me that because it was like a day or two ago where they both dropped it on me that they're interested in like uh, computer programming and development, uh-huh. and I, I I'm thrilled about that because yeah. I find it to be right up their alley, but. Uh, yeah, just well, that, just that'll like fit two days into ago. today, and, and because we're, we're de- going to definitely be talking about, you know, what what skills should they be doing oh, and what's the way. Because so prior to that, you know, it, I mean, it, and uh, well, you're a little younger than me, but it it, it was still in the same um, and and in in the same kind of model is people would say, well, where do you think you want to go to school? Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So, right. you know, in the past, the pathway to education from education employment and good paying jobs was pretty clear. It did high school, then some college, yeah. uh, and then you started work. And that was sort of the end of it. Um, well, like, you know, many of us in the industry recognize that that pathway is broken. Uh, and you know better than most because you're my, my recruiting in the age of Googleization groupie. Um, you read about it. I, I wrote a title about this, uh, Education to Employment Pathway is Broken. Yeah. That, was, that was part of my book, Recruiting yeah. in the Age of Googleization. The first sentence in that chapter was, the traditional education to employment pathway is experiencing an all-out assault in its credibility. Um, and then I went on, and there's maybe nine or ten pages of that, and I provided a kind of a 10,000-foot view. But our guest, Danny Inney, 
looks up close and personal. So nice. we're really excited about having them about that. There's so many things that Danny shares in his book that resonates with both of us. Um, it wasn't just a few weeks ago I, that I published a new article on rework, which is Cornerstone's blog. Yeah. Uh, has the college degree lost its luster? Uh, a couple other publications called me and wanted to pick that up because they're questioning the same nice. thing. You know, why, why do why do so many people still require a college degree when it has nothing to do with, you know, maybe what that individual is doing? Um, and then, uh, you know, Danny's uh, press release showed up and the, the title of it was Consider Candidates Without a Degree. So without further delay, let's get into it with our guest, Danny Guinea. I've mentioned him a few times already. Uh, he's the author of this new book, Leverage Learning. How the Disruption of Education Helps Lifelong Learners and Experts with Something to Teach. Uh, subtitles rather long, but, so, but <laughs> says it. Uh, Danny's the CEO of an online education, business education company called Miracy. I hope I'm pro pronouncing that right, uh, which I had to look up to see where the origin it was kind of an interesting. Mm -hmm. And it comes from a Latin root, Mira, M-I-R-A, meaning, uh, which means causing one to smile. Uh, which I'm not sure people normally associate that with education right? <laughs> um, in the past. And miracy means to see your vision actualized with your teacher. Um, so pretty cool. Danny's work's followed over by over 100,000 experts and professionals. So I'm really excited to welcome Danny to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. Welcome, Danny. Ira, thank you so much for having me, Keith. It's uh, really exciting. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here with both of you and with yeah. everyone who's listening. Yeah. Uh, did I say miracy right? You did. Yeah, okay. And any, right? Eeny, <laughs> uh, like Eeny, Meeny, Miney, Okay, Eeny, yeah. I get, uh, you know, I've got the, the similar three-letter first name, Ira, and it gets Ira, Era. How do you say it? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's Thanks funny. The shorter the show, sometimes, it's, it's tougher. Yeah, just a reminder before we dive in, uh, I, got a, a, I got a whole lot of questions for, for Danny here. Um, we are live. And our lines are open, so if you want to talk to me, Keith, or Danny, uh, call us at 561-623-9429. Love to take your questions. Again, 561-623-9429. So, Danny, let's start out with something you mentioned quite early in your book. Um, the future is here, just not evenly distributed. What does that mean when it comes to education? Yeah, so it's it's not an original quote. That's um, I was quoting somebody else, and I can look up the name because it's escaping me at the moment. But yeah, basically, I, the idea. <laughs> I thought it sounded familiar, and I can't remember. I read it in the book who it was, but anyway. <laughs> it's basically the idea that when we look ahead to like, oh, here are all the great things that are coming. You know, you see the stuff that's you know in a science fiction lab or something. The reality is that it already exists in the world. Like most of what we're you know talking about is, oh, this is hypothetical. This is coming. It actually already exists. It just doesn't exist in the world in all places places at the same time, right? So, you know, case in point, we're talking about, like, the way we have digital connectivity today. So, you know, there are lots of places where you have, you know, gigabit connectivity, super high speeds, no latency, all perfect. There are also lots of places in the world where you can't even get dial-up yet, right? So, it's, it's not that... The pace Only of progress the is uniform. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we can be in the in, in Central Africa and people can get the internet, but we, <laughs> but you can be in our. We're, we're not too far from where we are here, and you can't. And and people are on dial up or have no access. <laughs> so, but in the context of education, right? You know, a core part of of what I believe and and argue in the book, and and you know, my understanding is that you have a similar perspective from your work that I've seen. Um, the college degree as 
a generic magic ticket to the successful life is just not working anymore. It costs too much. It delivers too little. And that is the case more and more in the world, but there's still going to be holdover pockets. And so it's very easy for someone to say, yeah, but here's a job listing that says requires this degree, but that doesn't invalidate where things are going. It just means it hasn't saturated the entire landscape yet. No, absolutely. I'm try- I actually have your book in front of me, and I was looking for a quote somewhere, and it had um, in the – oh, there it was. Um, and it was actually a quote from Ryan Craig, uh, College Disrupted. It said, working at the minimum wage in the late 1970s, a typical student at a four-year college degree – and I, I graduated mid- early 1970s, so this is pretty applicable – can pay their entire tuition by working 182 y- hours. That's a part-time summer job. But in 2013, the same student at the same college at the current minimum wage would have to work 991 hours a year and a half full-time just to pay that education. And that's probably a state school. Right. (laughs) That's probably a school with low education. Um, So, you know, you're you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, You mentioned pretty early on, too, and and you, you kind of indirectly hit this. Um, uh, you mentioned signals as a good way to monitor the disruption or how significant the disruption is going to be. What are some examples of, of, of those signals that you see happening in education? Well, in the context of education, the, the big signal that I've been looking at is the college degree, but not as in what does it tell us about you know, what's coming, but rather the, the deterioration of its value, right? Because a college degree in and of itself has never been valuable for anything, right? It's only a proxy for what you as the person holding the degree know or are able to do, right? So this is like a shorthand, right? So an employer can't say, well, I'm going to test all of your abilities and skills and work with you for a year. I need to be able to assess whether you're going to be good at something. It's like, okay, Harvard says you're good. That's good enough for me. Right. Right. So that's all it's ever been. The problem is that, and not just Harvard, but any university historically, Um, the value of that degree has been deteriorating. It just doesn't carry the weight that it used to. And, and, you know, post-graduation employment um, and underemployment and unemployment data shows that this is the case. Um, It it just doesn't carry the weight anymore. So that that is the signal that has completely deteriorated. So, again, I mean, there's so many cool things in your book. I I saw this and I I, got to I'm going to ask your permission to steal it, or or, or we're giving liberate. you credit. Yeah, we don't steal liberate. Liar, we okay. liberate. Um, but you you have a, a graphic uh, right in the beginning, and it, and as diploma, and it says, "I vouch that John is smart, hardworking, well-to-do, from a good family, and also knows a thing or two about whatever he studied." And that's mm-hmm. pretty much what companies are still tend to be relying on that somebody has not necessarily a high school diploma because that's that doesn't have the worth that it did. Uh, but they, you know, they either have a two-year associate degree, um, they have a, a, a BS or a BA, four-year degree, uh, or they have, you know, even a postgraduate degree. And, right. and but I, I love that. I mean, it took it down to pretty simple of how companies still tend to rely on that. That it says, well, this person went to school, so they're smart. Well, and that's what we, as I, you know, I'm I'm kind of on both sides of this equation because you know I I observe how the landscape is changing and I advocate for that change. You know, I also run a company and I'm also an employer. And so when you're looking to hire people, you need some way of sorting through everyone who's applying, right? If you have 200 people apply for a job, 
you need some way of deciding who is worth, never mind hiring, but even just exploring without spending a day talking to each and every person, because that's just impossible. Right. And so right. historically, the degree was a great shorthand. It was a great heuristic for that, right? The fact that you have a college degree, especially not like less now, but let's say 30 years ago, 50 years ago, that tells me that um, you value education, you meet a certain minimum bar of being able to work hard, you have the financial wherewithal to go to school and get that degree, whether that means you come from wealth and affluence or that you just have the resourcefulness to have figured out another path, right? It, tell, it tells me that you check a lot of boxes. And so it's mm-hmm. a really good starting point, except things have changed a lot since then, right? right. And, and among those changes is just the ubiquity of the degree, Right? It used to be that a small minority of the population got a university right. degree. Now, more yeah. people do, and that's a great thing. But it also means that having a university degree is not a differentiator in the way that it was 30 years ago. So what do you see the key differentiators that are, are yeah, and, rising and, and to the surface? And with that, we're, we're actually oh. we're, we're, we're a little past our, our normal break time, but we're going to take a, a quick break. But when we come back, that was actually my only right question, too. Um, you know, in my in my book, I wrote about using badges. Um, but right. let's talk about rather than than having that resume and part of that resume is is, is a is a degree. Yeah. Um, you know, what are what are going to. And, and good keywords. Right. What are some of the ways that that companies um, need to start looking, or right. individuals need to start representing yeah. themselves of, of what their credentials are? So you've been listening to the, uh, and hopefully you're still listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. We have our <laughs> guest today, Danny Inney, uh, the author of Leverage Learning. We're talking about the disruption that's happening in education. And um, when we come back from our break, we're going to be talking a lot more about what companies uh, should be looking should be looking for uh, as, as far as credentials yeah. of the future and what individuals, uh, candidates and job seekers should be telling uh, and promoting themselves are. What are those skills? We're talking, um, as I said, we're talking about education. We're going to take a short break here from our sponsors, Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. So stay right where you are. We'll be back in two minutes. dreamt of being on the radio well now is your chance be a radio show guest on the number one ranked internet radio station and promote you and your business for free yes you heard it free business advertising right here on w4cy.com call 561-506-4031 now to get booked on one of our shows that's 561-506-4031 get your free advertising now What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. 
Let Success Performance Solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at successperformancesolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. Welcome back, everybody, to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. Today we have Danny Eni with us. Ira Wolf's my co-host, and uh, if you don't forget, we're live here. If this education or how to get from education to employment in the modern day uh, is something that you like, call us at five six one six two three nine four two nine. Just before the break, Danny, we were um, we were talking about you know what what's that like option there and and you know my thought to add, my question to ask you is the 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 manner in which the education system now has has lost its value i guess that's the way i could use as few words as possible right it's lost its market value what does the disruption look like because it seems like there's there's a lot of disruption going on anymore so what's going on that's really kind of satisfying the need I love that question because it's an enormous question. We can go in like 15 different directions with it. Um, let's do it. So let, let's start with, because, you know, you asked um, right before the break, you asked about badging and credentialization. Essentially, if if saying, well, I went to this school and I get this degree doesn't carry that signal anymore, like what is the new signal? Um, and it's a really challenging question because signals are only useful when other people acknowledge their value, right? So if you see someone walking down the street and they've got a police badge, right, you know that that means something. But if you see someone walking down the street and they're wearing a, a T-shirt with a Superman logo on it, right, you might like Superman, but like that doesn't carry any weight or authority. And it doesn't matter if that really is a superhero or not, mm-hmm. right? The shirt doesn't tell you anything because we, all of us as a society, don't see that as as a measure of, of that value or carrying a lot of significance or meaning. And we're in this really challenging space where the old signal has kind of fallen apart, but we don't have a good new signal to replace it yet. There are a lot of alternative educational pathways, right? There are coding boot camps, there are alternative programs, there are online courses, there are, like there's a million different things people can do. But it's kind of challenging in that um, saying I take a lot of online courses is kind of like saying I read a lot of books or I read a lot of articles or I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like it doesn't really mean anything, and that's partially because the quality of courses out there is highly variable and the completion rates are not impressive and all that kind of stuff. So there isn't a single pathway where it's like you find the one right path and like that's your new signal. What you really have to do as someone seeking to succeed in life to find employment is you have to construct the signal yourself. So from the perspective of the individual, you want to look at building portfolios. Right? You want to look at how can I demonstrate what I know how to do and the quality of my work. And from the perspective of the employer, you need to I mean, look for those things when they already exist, but recognizing that most people don't have you know, ready, easy-to-access portfolios, you want to design a hiring process that is much more based on, um, on a simulation than, than on past experience. So, you know, I was asked, um, I was interviewed um, a couple months ago by Cornerstone, and they the, the topic was the resume of the future. 
Um, and you know, they they talked to 25 different people. I was, I was fortunate enough to be among them. Uh, so based on what you just said, um, and they're, you know, and Keith, I I know we'll agree with this. Um, you know, there's a huge mismatch between how companies search and, and representing the skills that individual has. And we still use an application. We still use a resume, but you know, because of technology, it's still sort of based on keyword search. Um, but that seems to be a bit dysfunctional. When we get into building a portfolio, how do, how does someone today put a portfolio together uh, in a way that can meet the way that companies hire? Because, you know, obviously, if, if I've got a great portfolio of skills and I pitch it to the company, but it doesn't fit into their existing application format how do i get it you know how do how do i get that to resonate through vice versa is have you seen any companies leading the way in changing how they're looking at the credentials of individuals and 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 technology is probably one of those industries but have you seen it any in any other industries so there's probably five questions yeah, in there Danny. there's a lot <laughs> i counted at least three but let's, yeah, I got, let's see I how far three. we get good luck um, <laughs> so in terms of what the applicant can do it's a good question but the answer is different when you're answering an individual asking the question versus when you're saying kind of what should all applicants do um, because you're absolutely right. The systems that are out there right now, they're not geared to take on portfolios and real demonstrations of talent and, and capability. They're not designed for that. So the right answer for an individual who asked the question, how can I get through, is that basically you need to bypass the existing systems. If your application is good enough and compelling enough and you get it in front of the right person, then it doesn't really matter that this is the existing structure. They're like, well, I've got a good candidate and I'm good. Right? You can do all the creative stuff around you know, how do you network your way to building the relationships with the right people or figure out who are the decision makers and send them a FedEx envelope with something lumpy inside so they absolutely open it and take a look. Like You get really creative as a kind of guerrilla marketer marketing yourself. That works for individuals. It doesn't work if everybody tries to do that. Then all the systems just completely break down. And when you want a solution that's not about the single unique um, taking charge creative applicant, but rather across the board, it's really the system that has to be re-engineered. And you know, I can tell you what we do at my company, which um, I, I think is a little bit progressive, and at least it, it works very well for us. Um, so we don't look at resumes at all, like at all, at all in the hiring process. I've not looked at the resume of any person who works for me. Um, what we do is we say, okay, we're looking to hire. Here's the call for applications. People click through, and that takes them to a form that asks them a whole bunch of questions. And some of it is stuff like, so why do you want this job? Why are you best suited for this job? You know, here are a bunch of scenarios. How would you handle this? What is your best experience? Then we tie that with assessments, and we tie that with simulation-type stuff. And we go through the process, because I, I frankly don't care what background somebody has if they can do the job. I just need to know if they can do the job and do it well. And it actually is... Um, a process that works very well, both for finding really great people. Um, you also tend to get much more diverse candidates when you're not looking at their resumes, you're not even looking at their names until they're like fourth fourth step into the process because it just saves you time to do it that way. 
it, 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 it's literally, I mean, it's just amazing as I'm going through this is, you know, my, when I'm speaking to, to companies and looking at their five page PDF resume that they're trying to get somebody to fill out as the first glance and then, you know, register, have an account and go through all, all, all the, uh, you know, the, the different hurdles. Um, you know, it's like, what are the four or five questions? I mean, that's what you just said. What are the four or five questions that you have to know? I mean, you know, what are the skills? Uh, you know, it may be even something is, are you available to work weekends or evenings or, or days or, yeah, or can you travel? Exactly what it is. You know, who cares? What, I mean, not only are the names loaded with conscious bias, you know, and, and areas, but there's, there's a whole, people collect so much information before they get down to the nitty gritty. And it sounds like what you're doing is you're almost putting the interview uh, early. I mean, you're asking the questions that typically don't get gassed until maybe a screening or a first interview. Well, is that for a novel idea? Yeah, ask, I, ask I would actually, first. I'd say no, it, it's almost the opposite of that because there's two sides to what happens in the interview. Part of it is like asking questions to things that you really want to know. And yeah, you should do that first. I don't know why people wait till the end. But the challenge with um, interviewing as a process is that our brains are wired to be very good at telling us whether or not we will get along with a person. Like, is this someone I will be friends with? Our brains are not good at telling us whether or not this is a person who will be good at this particular job. And so when we lead with the interview, like as an interview in a conversation, what like the impression we're forming is not, is this a great candidate to hire? It's, is this someone I'd want to have drinks with after work? And that's a terrible criteria to, to hire based on. So we try to go through the entire process of based on their answers, based on their assessments, based on everything, do I feel like they can do the job? And then the chemistry still matters if everything else is in place. But if you start with the interview, I find we tend to get a lot of false positives. Well, I mean, I've, I've got a whole bunch of questions now I have to ask you. Um, in, in terms of... You know, uh, my curiosity, I guess, really just starts and stops with how did you get here? Um, you're you're talking about something that I think has fantastic market value, and I think it also has a phenomenal place in in modern company culture, or at least the progressive companies that are trying to, you know, take on these modern day recruitment type culture approaches um, that support things like a gig economy, right? Um, how did you get your, into this kind of a position where you're recognizing the value of this? Like, did something go dramatically wrong along your, your, your way? What happened? Of course. That's how entrepreneurs learn anything. <laughs> right? Okay. Um, my, my first attempt at building um, a company of, of meaningful size was about um, 10-ish years ago, 11 years ago. And I was a young, inexperienced CEO, and I basically did everything wrong. I didn't look at any of the right criteria. I hired my friends, not because they were going to be good at the job, but because I liked them. And, you know, you figure if you like someone, they must be good at everything, which was not the case. And I just made all the mistakes I can make. And that company fell apart because I was young and didn't know what I was doing. And that's fine. You know, I got over it and I moved on to the next thing. But when it came time to start hiring people again, and this was probably about eight or nine years ago, um, I was like, okay, this time I'm going to get it right. And so I looked a little bit at the research around what do we actually know when you look at HR research, when you look at human behavior research, and there's a glut of that that just hasn't made into best practices in organizations. What do we know about what works and what doesn't? And I was like, most of the way that people do things in, in the conventional business world is contrary to everything the data tells us is actually effective. So I just looked at all the data and I was like, based on this, what makes sense? What does the data tell us? What does the science tell us is a process that would work? And we've iterated it over the years, but it's been 
fairly robust for for most of that time. It's just, you know, instead of saying what have people always done, it's like what what do we know as as a, a learned society about how things should work and how they will be effective and just build systems based on that. So you've been listening to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization show. We're with our guest, Danny Eaney, uh, author of Leverage Learning and the CEO of Miracy. Uh, we've been talking about the disruption of education, um, kind of the disconnect uh, between employment and education. Uh, and we've got a whole lot of additional questions we're going to have, but we're going to take a quick two-minute break, and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Have you ever dreamt of being on the radio? Well, now is your chance. Be a radio show guest on the number one ranked internet radio station and promote you and your business for free. Yes, you heard it, free. Business advertising right here on W4CY.com. Call 561-506-4031 now to get booked on one of our shows. That's 561-506-4031. Get your free advertising now. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let Success Performance Solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at successperformancesolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. everybody to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. This is Keith Compagna. I'm with Ira Wolf, host and extraordinaire recruiter Google guy, and uh, Danny Eni from Leverage Learning, and uh, just a guy who knows what's going on as it relates to um, really promoting individual achievement. Uh, don't be satisfied with, well, at least what I'm getting from you, Danny, is that, you know, there's there's a pr plenty of opportunity out there to take advantage of the marketplace in terms of getting the kind of job you want, regardless of what the uh, old scope or the old structure of recruiting looks like. Yeah. And uh, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm on the other side with Jobvite on the on the HR side, and I ran a staffing agency. So I, I know all too well how uh, at least nobody ever qualified me. But I think you're spot on with something here. Um, my own personal experience being in sales is that I've always approached every job interview like a buying process. So they want to see what my follow-up quality is like. They want to see what kind of a network I have in a similar fashion that it would be for anyone who's looking to buy the software. 
And it sounds a lot to me like you're promoting that concept to not just sales, but to anyone, regardless of where they are now, just think about where you want to be. Am I getting it right? Yeah, I think that's very accurate. You know, one of the big shifts we've seen in um, in the economy as a whole over the last couple of decades is um, a disintermediation, right? It used to be that you know if you want to um, if you want to buy a house, you go through a real estate agent. If you want to book a plane ticket, you go through a travel agent. Like you have all these intermediaries in between, and a variety of things. You know, the flattening of technology and and easy access to information and all that has eliminated a lot of those middlemen. And that's great on a lot of levels. It gives us a lot more control, a lot more access. It reduces costs, but it also means we have to be good at certain things that we weren't necessarily good at before, right? It used to be the travel agent, if they were good at what they were doing, would plan the itinerary of your trip. Now you have to do that yourself, right? And in the context of, we've seen this a lot over the last decade or two for for entrepreneurs and freelancers, right? Where it used to be that you just, you found a job and you're in the job doing the thing that you're technically doing. Now everybody's a freelancer. And so it's not enough to just be good at the technical stuff. You also have to be good at finding the clients and doing the work. And so in much the same way, as the signal of the degree starts falling apart and the career services departments start just not being able to, to keep up, which they already aren't, I think the ratio is something like 3,000 students to one career services professional, which is possible, right? Wow. All of a sudden, we need as individuals to just take more responsibility for how do we get to where we want to be um, in our careers. And, and I'm very optimistic about that, right? Sometimes... Um, you know, people hear me talk about this stuff, and they're like, "You know, aren't aren't you pessimistic? Does this mean it's all it's all going to hell, basically?" And I say, "No." You know, when I look at an industry that is 4.4 to 6. Point something trillion dollars, depending on the number you look at, which is education globally, um, higher education is about 1.9 trillion dollars a year in the U.S. And when you look at how misused so much of that money is, and how little of a return people are getting, it's like that's essentially almost $2 trillion that could be better deployed to get amazing results. So there's nowhere to go but up. So I'm very excited. So so what are some of the best online learning kind of options that are out there? Um, as you mentioned before, I mean, you can you, you want to learn how to do something, go to YouTube. But there's, uh, you know, there's Coursera. There's a lot of schools that offer things. Everybody has a, an online course about something. Um, you know, you know uh, Keith's got some young guys. Uh, there's people looking for career changes. They want to yeah, learn a new school. Um, you know, what are some of the best options that that are available that you've seen? Uh, so it's a great question, and I, I would like to come at it from the opposite direction because, like, which online course should I take is kind of like the new digital version of where should I go to school, mm-hmm. right? Good it point. kind of presupposes, okay, I'm going to school. I'm going to take a course. I just need to pick which one, and. What you need to do is turn that on its head, start with the end, and work backwards. So, you know, at the end of this educational episode, whatever it will be, where do I want to be? Where do I want to go, right? What is the door that I'm hoping it will open? Then we go a step back and we say, well, in order for that door to open, what is it that I need to know? What is it that I need to be able to do? What is it that I need to understand? And I'd go a level deeper and say, not just what do I need to know and what do I need to be able to do, but how well do I need to know it? How well do I need to be able to do it? And when you have that list, I would, because of course, which online course you should take depends on which industry you want to go into, which stage of life, what you want to do, all that kind of stuff. But when you have answers to those questions, it's not that hard to go to the kind of people you want to 
ultimately work with or you want ultimately their approval of and say, hey, can I talk to you for 10 minutes? This is where I want to be. And I think that in order to get there, I need to learn and understand these things at this level. Can you tell me, A, is that accurate? And B, if it is accurate, what's the best place for me to get that? What's the best place for me to learn that? Because people who are practitioners in the field, boots on the ground, they will know. They will Absolutely. know what it takes to get there. Absolutely. And, and, and part of what I think makes this work is the idea that th- along with, you know, the abandonment rate of technology in terms of applicants online uh, and, you know, void of mobile technology, blah, blah, blah. Um, one of the key elements is that people are leaving jobs quicker. So if you want people to – and, and a, a, a secondary element that's impacting companies is a lack of a leadership program. Because you don't have enough people sticking around. So here, Danny comes in and, and it's basically expressing the idea of if you can come to terms with being that development program, you'll still win more than you lose. Well, and keeping in mind also that like, it, it, the challenge with any kind of data set is that it's very easy to look at it and draw the wrong conclusions, right? So you know, one of the things that we hear a ton is how you know, the new generation, millennials, they just don't stay in jobs. Right, they're job hopping left and right. Um, I, I was just looking at data recently, and I have to pull the source because I, I don't remember who published the study. But it's actually not completely true, right? The fact of millennials hopping from job to job is partially a function, of course, of the the whole industry and world changing. But it's also a stage of life thing, mm-hmm. right? Because oh, yeah. mil- millennials five and ten years ago were kids in their early twenties, and kids in their early twenties weren't in like long term permanent positions in general throughout history. Um, now the average length of time that a millennial stays in a job is about four years. As they get older and as they have kids and as they have, you know, all the things that make you want to settle down. Um, th- there's, you know, this other really interesting data set that I was looking at that um, I think it's something like half of the people who will be hired in a job will not be in that job um, 18 months later. Right. 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 But then it's like, well, why not? Right? It's like usually it's not a function of technical skills. It's not a function of um, subject matter ability. It's a function of culture fit. It's a function of they mm-hmm. weren't able to work well with other people, soft skills. So it's important that for people who are saying, you know, I want to set myself up, not just for landing a job, but for keeping it, being successful in a career, I have to be good at the technical stuff I need to do. But I also need to be the kind of person that irrespective of the specific, the specific subject matter task at hand, I'm the kind of person that people will want on their team. Right. And, and, and with, you know, I, I write a lot about, and that was the theme of my whole book, is, is where automation is going to come into this. If you only have a skill, if you only have a technical skill, then that likely can be duplicated or, or replaced by a job. If Unless it's, you're it, unbelievably good. Correct. Yeah. Right. Automation gets pretty good too, but yes. But, but then that goes back to your standards of these schools. So if you're one of a uh, hundred thousand people that graduate with a programming degree, you, your need now is is good, but in time, a lot of those basic functions or even intermediate skills will likely be um, automated right. or or, re, or or replaced, and and therefore at least a portion of the job that you have now is going to be different than what it would be in the future. Well, there's a broader question there, right? Because, you know, we've heard all these things about how the hottest jobs today didn't exist 15 years ago, and we're training people now for jobs that don't exist yet, and how do we prepare someone for that uncertain world? And in the next breath, you usually hear people say, well, that means we need to train everyone to be a computer programmer or a data scientist. 
And I roll my eyes at that because I'm like, well, mm-hmm. first of all, most of the economy is not data scientists. But second of all, if you're saying that the whole world is changing, we don't know where it's going, our best guess as to where it's going now is probably not a good guess. Right? So it's less about giving people the specific skills they need, which they're going to have to pick up on a just-in-time basis anyway. And it's more about what are the things that make someone a valuable member of a team, regardless of their technical skills. Right, right. The core the core yeah. value uh, adds. That actually help you in your career path as well as your personal development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Danny, we're coming up toward the end. Um, so one is I want to make sure that we're able to, you're able to give out how people can reach you and get in touch with you and, and obviously get your book. Um, but I do have one question, um, which led into what Keith was talking about before. Um, if, if we would love to have you back, um, next year, uh, which is coming up quick, but maybe mid-year or later in the year. Um, if, if we have a conversation, what, what do you think is going to change? I mean, what do you think are going to be on this topic? What, what's going to be the major headlines um, at that's the end of question. 2019, um, you know, good or bad, that's going to relate to, uh, you know, how education, credentials um, is going to fit? What, what do you think we've been talking about? It's a big question. So here's the thing, you know, we we started (laughs) this conversation. I get asked that all the time. (laughs) We started the conversation saying that that the future is here, it's just not evenly distributed. So I think it's less a question of what will happen and more a question of how fast will it happen. We're, We're already seeing rapid declinements in college enrollment. College enrollment has declined 7% in the last five years. And that means we're looking at like a million and a half ish people every year saying, okay, not college, but then what? Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, depending on how things, how fast things play out, I think a year from now we could start seeing just a rising um, feeling in public opinion and in the media of like, okay, college seems to be not the path for a lot of people for whom it used to be the path, but there's going to be a lot of hand wringing of, and then what? Because it's such a consequential decision where anywhere you land on it, if you get it wrong, you feel like you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, no, right? ab- ab- absolutely, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Hey, Danny, uh, how can uh, how can people get in contact with you? What's the easiest way to get your book? Um, lay, lay it on us. Sure. So the book is called Leveraged Learning. It is available where good books are sold, which is most bookstores, <laughs> but really these days, mostly Amazon. Um, you can't get easier than that as a shopping experience. Um, but for people who just want to take a look, if you go to leveragedlearningbook.com, the whole book is there for free. I don't make money selling books. Um, I you know, I have a whole business for that. So um, I just want to get the word out there about, about these ideas. I think a trillion and a half dollars of um, debt in the U.S. is way too much for way too little. So, leveragedlearningbook.com. Yeah, and uh, you're on LinkedIn. I know because I we we connected in um, Twitter. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm on not Twitter, so but I'm not really on Twitter. Okay, so, so. <laughs> so, so, so LinkedIn. So, so LinkedIn's the the best bet. Uh, or go up to the website and and just contact you. So, Let's see. Yeah, Absolutely. and 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 you got. I mean, you have a great message. Obviously, it resonates uh, really well with with uh, me and and Keith. And uh, you know, wish you the best of luck and happy holidays and a good new year. And uh, we definitely want to get you back. Thank you. I will look forward to that. And to you and to everyone who's listening, happy holidays and a wonderful, prosperous, um, fulfilling new year. 
Hey, thanks right. very much, Thank Danny. Thank you so much, Danny. Uh, you've been, you're listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. We Our, our guest today was Danny Eney. Uh, he was the author of Leverage Learning and the CEO of Miracy, M-I-R-A-S-E-E. You can go up and look up uh, look at that. Hey, before we close, we just have a couple minutes here, Keith. Yeah. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked uh uh, Danny, yeah. what do you think? I mean, we're, you know, hopefully you're, we're sitting next to each other a year from now, uh, yeah. still doing the show. Um, we'll, at, at that point, we'll, we'll have close to 50, yeah. uh, shows under we'll our be, belt. We'll um, what are we going to be talking about? What, what do you think is going to be the headline that's going to grab everybody's attention? Well, I think by that time, there's going to be, a um, a different attitude towards the economy. <laughs> I think that the natural, next step to the way the unemployment rate is, is that business will slow down, which will impact a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. Will it be at the end of 2019 or 2020? We will see. Um, that, I think that, uh, you know, we'll have the election coming up. We'll be one more year closer to the election. So that'll, <laughs> who knows what kind of stuff will be coming up then. That, that won't suck the energy out of the room, will it? <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What do you think it will be, we'll yeah. be talking about in a year? Um, well, obviously, I think there's going to be continued disruption. Uh, uh, Danny mentioned this, you know, it's how fast things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you, you know, my feeling on that, it's just going to happen faster and faster. Um, I think, uh, you know, some of the things that, that happened over the last 18 months with Google, I think people overlook it. It's like, oh, it's another tool, Google for jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, and we, you know I, I have that new ebook, Google My yep. Business. Um, but Google is changing the way people search. I mean, it's how they find jobs. It's sure. changing the way companies do it. They change its behavior economics. I mean, the, the reality is, is they re- recognize what people want and they're giving it to them. Um, and it's a matter of technology keeping up. Um, and the, and the business is adopting that technology. Right. And as we talked about for the sure. last hour, uh, how we change those processes. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, beginning in the year, I mean, it's just one more thing, you know, added to the belt. I think indeed, you know, I mean, in, in, indeed's going to change the way they're recruiting. They're already decided, you know, staffing firms and recruiters, you know, can't post their jobs for free, mm-hmm. which is going to, you know, make it more difficult to get their jobs visible. So I, I think, underlying that i think those are things that people get upset with on a day-to-day basis but underlying that it's going to create even a, a downstream of disruption so oh, that, yeah. that's what i would keep an eye well on. you know I, I can't not i can't finish but uh i gotta say the rise of the human value is coming yeah yeah no absolutely <laughs> um and, and my topics next year uh kind of an offshoot of the recruiting in the age of googleization is how do you keep the h and you and hr so we'll right. be doing that hey uh we're just at the end yes, um this is our last show for 2018 um we wish everybody the happiest of holidays and very healthy new year uh we will be back uh, we will have uh rebroadcast uh, on the 26th and the 2nd of january so yep. you can listen to one of our other shows uh and uh January 9th uh, will, will be our first show of 2019. Oh, Kevin Grossman. And Kevin Grossman uh, from the Talent Board. And uh, we'll be talking a lot about candidate experience and continuing those topics. So want to thank uh, Keith for, for being here alongside yeah, me. I want to thank uh, Chad for being our engineer in the background. And, uh, and, Dean and, and Dean for getting me into this, yep. <laughs> for introducing me to W4CY.com. Uh, and I appreciate it. So until uh, 2019, uh, everybody have a very healthy, safe holiday. And we'll see you in two weeks. Yep. 